Welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing, and we are kicking off 2022 in a big way because we've got Cord Sachs, founder and CEO of both WildSpark and Fireseeds, as our guest on the show. I've personally learned so much from this man, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to share. Cord has led our companies for the past decade. He's an intentional husband, a father to six incredible kids, and he's one of the most dynamic leaders I've ever been around. He's going to tell the story about how Chick-fil-A and a conversation with Dan Cathy on Move Force One helped make WildSpark and Fireseeds what they are today. We're also going to walk through everything from what the book of Genesis tells us about leadership to how you can create a boardroom to family room culture with your team. Lean in, everybody. You're not going to want to miss this. Man, I am fired up. Cord Sachs, welcome to the Secret Sauce Podcast. Come on, I'm fired up too. You've been doing a lot of these and I'm just I'm just excited to be to be on one of the Josh Swing Secret Sauce Podcast. It's an honor. <laughs> well, it's an honor to have you on. I had to make sure that, that we could do it well before I asked our CEO to hop on the podcast. And so well, I know now I've listened to a few of them and the bar's so high, I'm kind of, you know, I, I feel like there's pressure on me now to come and, and try to try to deliver at least what, what some of your, your previous podcast hosts have. So Well, no doubt this is going to be value packed. You've made a tremendous impact on my life and I can't wait for all of our listeners to get to hear some of what I've already learned from you, Cord, and, and some of what I'll learn new in our conversation today. And we'll go ahead and dive in with the number one question, what is your favorite sauce at Chick-fil-A? My favorite sauce at Chick-fil-A, I knew you were gonna ask me this, and it's honestly, I love variety. And so the fact that I get to go and not just have to choose one sauce, but I get to choose my go-to four, is, uh, you know, so of course I love the Chick-fil-A sauce, but if I'm gonna get a, a number one combo, I get the Chick-fil-A sauce, I get the barbecue sauce, I love barbecue, but I also get the ranch and buffalo to mix. So when I eat a number one combo, like I get a variety of experiences with all four sauces and it, it's an incredible ride. Leave it up to Core to just completely blow up the question. He's not landing on one sauce, it's all the sauces. Not all, there's four. There's probably <laughs> 10 sauces, but there's four that I, I, I go to every time. Uh, well, I, I think that that fits your personality really well. Core, you do so many things extremely well. You're a big picture guy. So it's more about the idea of the assortment of sauces versus the goodness of one individual sauce. Absolutely. Um, we've drawn inspiration just from Chick-fil-A and the way that they leverage sauces and kind of what sauces are within the Chick-fil-A structure. I love your thoughts on this. And it's something that we've talked about a couple of times. Kind of unpack that sauce structure and, and what you uh, draw inspiration from around it. It didn't surprise me, but I didn't, I didn't know the sauces are intentional and have purpose behind them as well. And so, because I, I made the comment, you know, gosh, I kind of take advantage of the sauces and the free sauces. <laughs> I said, I kind of feel guilty about that sometimes. And I'm actually talking to uh, a Chick-fil-A executive at the time. You'd make a lot of money if you charged for your sauces. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You know, th 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 that, that's a bit of a sacred cow, no pun intended here for us, um, is that the sauces show our generosity. And, and we, want, we want those to be free. We want, we want to give those away. 
even so much, when I learned that, I was like, well, of course Chick-fil-A would think intentionally about giving away their sauces. <laughs> Every time I go to another restaurant, I won't name any, and I have to pay 25 cents or 50 cents for an extra sauce, I think, well, that's why I usually go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. But nonetheless, and then, and then when they came out with the sauces that you can buy in the grocery store, I said, oh, now, now they're going to start making money on them. And then I realized, like, every dollar they earn from the sauce goes towards education for their employees that are, that are yeah. working towards yeah. college education. So even the sauce they're selling in the store, they maintain true to their principle of this is going to be a way we are generous uh, with something that we have that maybe others in the world don't, don't think so quietly so intentional about. If you taking advantage of the sauces single-handedly makes Chick-fil-A change that model and charge for sauces, Court, I'm going to be upset with you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will be upset with myself. So. But, uh, but no, I also believe that this, it's just such a cool model of, and a small taste of Chick-fil-A's generosity in the way that they think intentionally about every aspect of, of what they do. I'm excited to talk about this question with you because I know that you talk a lot about it, right? You're communicating to us internally about your vision. I have an idea of where you'll go with this question, but I'd love to hear where you focus, Corey. What, what is your secret sauce when it comes to leadership? And where do you find yourself being most impactful as a leader with those that are entrusted to you? It's impacted my life as others thought very intentionally about me and, and made a, a, an intentional choice to invest in me. The first word that comes to mind is it is an investment. Leadership is always an investment. It's something you're going to spend, and I believe you're going to get something in return, but it's an investment. You have to see it that way, and it's an investment in the growth of others. And the greatest, the most powerful way that it works is when you're not, you don't have to see the end result necessarily come back to you. Uh, but, but I have this grid. I have a very simple grid that, that we've applied here in Fire Season Wild Spark um, as we've thought about how do you help everybody with a simple grid, a way to think about leadership. If there's four degrees, yeah, unpack it, uh, unpack if you will, you got to be able to lead yourself first before you can lead others, right? right? But to lead yourself, you have to know yourself first, uh, and then you have to intentionally take steps to influence yourself. Mm. So you got to know yourself to lead yourself, to influence yourself so that you can lead others. Yeah. And if you get it in that order, know yourself to lead yourself, to know others to lead others, there's an incredible value in there in the knowing part. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I believe we all wanna be known, right? And the first person I need to really understand is I need to know me, I need to know my story, I need to know all the dots in my past that connect together to make me into who I am. Uh, and then I need to understand my identity. I need to understand how I've been wired up, how I'm uniquely made to, to, to bring a contribution to the world, a contribution to others. Yeah. So if I can start there, know myself so I can now lead myself according to my own identity and how I'm wired up, that's my grid now for learning to lead others. Then I'm going to start by knowing someone else, simply hearing their story, understanding who yeah. they are. Uh, their identity so that I can then lead them well and in context. Yeah. And I think so many times as leaders, we want to jump ahead, right? We get so excited about leading others that we jump straight to that step without taking those prior three steps that you just mentioned, knowing ourselves and leading ourselves, knowing others and then leading others. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's where we fail a lot of times is when we miss on those first three steps. And it's crazy that this has become such a theme on the podcast that almost on every episode, there is some discussion about understanding 
your people and, mm-hmm. and really seeking to know them and that being the foundation of then the leadership that you'll come in and reinforce it with. It's really hard to take someone somewhere that you haven't been, mm-hmm. um, at least and do that authentically. You know, there, there's folks, oh, I, I just heard the latest podcast. I'm going to try to repeat that to someone else. Uh, that's great, but if they don't see you live that out. It's, it's a bit of a contradiction. And so being able to simply lead, we call it leading out of a whole heart authentically, is taking someone where you have been and using your personal example, your personal experience to bring authority and credibility to now taking somewhere else. Um, and usually you talk about how you didn't do it great in the first place. You're, you're authentic about how I had to struggle as I learned to lead in this way as well. And now I can take someone else share with them my struggles and my victories, and it really becomes authentic in the way they begin to see their grid for growing as a leader and then impacting others as leaders. That first step in knowing, knowing yourself, how practically does that play out at Wild Spark and Fire Seeds? What are some of the things that you're doing here with the team to create those higher levels of self-awareness and allow people to catch that at a heart level to understand the value in that? Yep. Before they even start, we've done a, my, a migrant of, of, of assessments yep. uh, on them. A, I'm a kind of an assessment junkie. I love just unpacking someone's identity, and uh, I'm a little bit of a schizophrenic when it comes to which one to use. I, I like three or four of them. Yeah. Uh, so we do a lot of assessments early on. Uh, we want to understand how someone's wired up because we love having the aha conversation with them, even in the recruiting process about this, it looks like this is, these are your preferences. This is how you're uniquely designed and where you get energy and and where you'd add the most value. Do you think that's true? And they, their eyes light up and wow, you really know me because that's exactly where, and and then we flip it around and it seems like this is where you're going to need the most help. This is what's going to be most challenging to you. And and they say, yes, yes, that's true. And, And they may or may not have taken assessments before in their life, but they're a crucial part in us really being able to set someone up, put them in the right seat on the bus, uh, and then build a plan out for their specific unique success. Yeah. I think another thing we do is we have story day. Um, and everybody loves me. We just did in the end of the year reviews, and I ask everybody, what's, the favorite, what's, what's one of the favorite things we did all year long? This year, the, the, the winner was our story days. We've hired a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've grown a lot, it's been exciting. So we've had more story days. So we allow someone within their first month when they come, and we usually, we're usually doubling up, we'll have a lunch, everybody comes, and they get to tell their story. Uh, sure, we wanna help people unpack how do you think about your story, and, uh, and how does that play out, and then, then people in, you know, in, in the organization are asking questions, and tell me about this, and tell me about that. Yeah. But it's a way for people early on to be known. Yeah. And I think it adds a lot of value to the trajectory of where they start. Absolutely, absolutely, I could not agree with you more. And by doing that critical thinking and having to share your story, you're in turn better knowing yourself because you're having to, it's forcing you to think about it. Right. Think about those life events that I've been through that have shaped me into the leader that I am today. But then that, that, that overflows, it bleeds directly into knowing others because then it gives you opportunities to share it with other people. Yeah. And Casey Hartley on episode four or five of the podcast, he talked about how he leverages WildSpark to do that ongoing. Everybody that comes on board with his team in a similar way where we have intentional story time they go, go through the story Wild Spark lesson. And That's he right. says it streamlines because right, we do that, but, but we're not on the same scale and volume as a Chick-fil-A team is right now, at least. With, That's right. We're not over 100 employees yet, but you, you can imagine where you get over 100 employees and it's really challenging to truly know everybody. And he said this model allows him to efficiently 
get to hear stories. And on the last episode, we talked with Arden Long, and she talks about relationship, relational efficiency is her secret sauce, but how you can be really efficient and maximize the relational side of things to make the maximum impact with it. I know you throw a, a phrase around or a phrase that I've heard you share a lot is inherent potential. And so I think that this, what you just shared, speaks directly into that with the way that you invest in assessments and invest in story because you believe that everybody has this potential that is within that sometimes is untapped. And how do you call that out in individuals? And, and it's something that I've seen you do extremely well with everybody that comes on board with this team and maximizing that leadership potential. Um, I, I want to jump forward to kind of the the latter steps in this process and, and how I've seen you give away your life to better grow and develop those that are around us every single day. I know that there's a foundation for that, a principle that you live by that is has biblical roots. And so unpack the way that you think about giving your life away to others and multiplying and being fruitful. Walk me through that process. Absolutely. Yeah, but before you can multiply your life, you got to be fruitful. So to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You know, it's, it's in the first book of the Bible. It's in the very beginning. It's, it's kind of the, God sets the stage for what is this all going to be about? At the end of the day, what's your life going to be about? And it's going to be about becoming fruitful, multiplying, and filling the earth. You know, I say I believe there's an inherent potential in everyone. I believe everyone knows that. They don't know how to put it into words, but it's been written on our hearts. And at the end of the day, our significance, our purpose, when we get jazzed in life, truly, and it, and it hits us in a, in a deep desire way in the soul of who we are, it's when we see ourselves beginning to play a part in that, 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 that trifold experience. Mm -hmm. I'm being fruitful right now in my life. And if you just stop there, it's not enough. For me to just be productive for me will not satisfy my soul. But I know that if I can help someone be productive first, remember you have to have something to give away. You have to be good at something first. But then if you will give it away, if you'll multiply that into others, it does something in your life to where it just takes you to another level of conviction. Mm. I'm growing, I'm adding and contributing, I'm, I'm taking what's been given to me and I'm making more. And now I'm teaching someone else how to do that. And they're looking at me as an influencer in their life and they're doing something they couldn't do before because I'm investing in them. Mm. And there's nothing greater for me than to see that happen in, 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 my, in my family, yeah. uh, in my organization here at work. It's selfish in a sense. Like <laughs> I wanna be a part of that because it makes me feel significant. And it should, because that's how God, I believe, wired us all up to feel purpose. Yeah. And so when we are productive and then we take what we've been given and we're really good at it, and if we know who we are and we know our identity and we're in the right seat on the bus, and maybe I love sales and so I'm selling and I do that really well and I just got to take Hampton to a sales meeting with me this morning and I get to start modeling for him and then I see him do it, like, oh, it's just, it's super exciting. And yep. then you're productive, you're fruitful, you multiply into others, and then you fill the earth. You launch them out. Being a part of God's plan means I get to launch them out, and they're forever in their life going to do something they couldn't do previously because I invested, and it's going to have an impact on people I'll never meet. And so when we tie in, I believe, to the master plan of what impact is all about, it simply involves those three phases. Yep. 
And that's just what I want to pass on. That's what I want to model. That's why we built WildSpark is so we could scale that idea into organizations and their middle managers, if you will, their directors yeah. in Chick-fil-A could have an opportunity where they're, they're thinking holistically for other people's growth and we make that really easy. And over time, it's going to go from a great idea that we sell them on to a, a, a habit because they're doing it regularly now month after month to then when they start seeing and experiencing people really grow on their team, it will become a conviction yeah. because it's written on their heart. Yeah. And there's an echo of, I'm being about what I was called to be about. Yeah. I love the idea of that multiplication. I felt it in my own personal life. And what is the coolest thing and the most fulfilling thing in the business world is to see that light bulb go off in leaders, for them to realize, man, this is so fulfilling will create such a bigger impact beyond anything that I can individually contribute or anything I can individually accomplish is what's going to live on past me. Mm -hmm. What's going to continue to make a difference in generations to come because of this investment in this person that I'm taking the time to invest in. I believe what it comes back to, and you mentioned this, is, is the way that God's designed us and hardwired us and following his plan for our lives. And, and you're somebody who's done that extremely well. Kind of speaking on multiplying into somebody who may never know about the impact that they're having. You may never even see that personally, but being faithful with it. I know that Chick-fil-A and, and Dan Cathy, the way that he's led that organization has played a big impact on our businesses, on Fire Seas and Wild Spark and the way that we operate today. And so I would love for you to unpack a little bit about our relationship with Chick-fil-A. This is a Chick-fil-A focused podcast. And so speak into what that relationship looks like and how it's impacted our trajectory as a business getting to follow some of that model. Absolutely. Chick-fil-A has had a tremendous, or I should say God has used Chick-fil-A to have a tremendous impact uh, in my life personally and the vision for my companies, how I live my life. I never met Truett Cathy. Uh, my good friend, friend J.T. Robinson had me one day set to meet him and I was there on campus and we went to his office and, and he had just checked out for a meeting and I didn't get to meet Truett. But after hearing all the stories of Truett and then getting to meet his children, re-emphasized this whole thing that we're talking about, how you can reproduce a mentality, a purpose, a vision, and you reproduce it. And, and Truett got to do it in both of his most important spheres in one location, which is really special for those of you that have children that work for you, he got to do it and see it happening in his home. And then he got to see and pass the baton to his kids in his work. And what a, what a joy. I hope maybe one day I get that experience. Uh, I never met Truett, but I met Dan. And I got to, got to experience Dan and be with Dan a, a few times uh, over a period of about a year or so. He said, come fly with me. He said, you know, I, I reserve my time in the air for mentoring and, uh, and having conversations with guys like you. Uh, there's no business connection here. I'm not trying to sell him. He's not trying to sell me. He was simply offering his time, one of the most precious things he had. I said, well, absolutely, Dan. I, mean, I can't <laughs> pass that you up. You don't turn that down. <laughs> no. So a previous business owner, uh, Chris Carnell and I, uh, had the opportunity to fly with Dan Cathy. And I'll never forget the first time that, that we flew. And he's, you know, we, we go to the tarmac and, and, and they're there in uh, Atlanta and uh, there's Move Force One. We all, we all jump on board. <laughs> and Dan, you know, after feeding everybody their chicken sandwiches, meaning like, here's your, here's your, here's your biscuit core. Do you need any napkins? Do you need any sauce? I mean, any way I can serve you? I'm like, no, Dan, I'm great. Like, <laughs> I'm on the Move Force One. Like, that's, that's, you're serving me just by being here. 
Uh, so he serves everybody, and I'll never forget this. Like he stands in the aisle. I've got a picture of it. I share it often. He stands in the aisle. And he says, "Let me remind everybody on the plane why we're flying to South Beach, Florida." He says, "I was reading my Bible again. This, you know, in Matthew 28, where it says we're to go and make disciples of all nations." He said, "And that's what we're doing through chicken sandwiches." And, I, and I'm, I'll never forget. So he prayed for us. We took off. He sat down. Is that really why you do all of this? That's what we're here for. He said, what else would I do? He said, now we're going to be the best in the world at selling chicken sandwiches, but we're going to use that and leverage that for a greater cause, for a greater purpose that has to do with impacting people. Mm-hmm. And it was like God put a, a, a stake in the ground in my life on that day. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to live that out in my own company, but you mean there's a six, this, there were six billion at the time. This was back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, they were six billion at the time. They were just about to be completely out of debt. Uh, they were moving. They would move towards that later uh, in, the, in, in the recent, in the near future after that flight. And I thought, if a six billion dollar company thinks this way, wow! I bet there's a lot of other under six billion dollar companies that see Chick Fil A as wow. We want to be like them. And I've heard over and over and over in the, in the in now ten years that we've grown Fire Seeds and Wild Spark executives come to me over and over and over again and say, we want to be the Chick-fil-A of fill in the blank. Yeah. Oil change, construction. Yeah. You've heard, you hear it too, right? All the time. All the time. Uh, and, the, and the idea was birthed. Could we create a company? And it ended up being two companies, Fire Seeds and Wild Spark, that would help other companies do what we believe Chick-fil-A does really, really well. And that's build a dynamic culture mm-hmm. around people and the growth of people. I've heard over and over and over again as we talk with operators, I love the response. Hey, what business are you in? And they, they're, they're, clear, they're quick to say, well, we're first in the people business. And then second, we're in the chicken business. Yeah. So uh, a, a day I'll never forget, Dan probably doesn't even remember he had that conversation with me. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it because the impact he's had on me, he doesn't even realize. And, uh, and it's going to be exponential. And we'll work with, you know, we'll, 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 we're close to topping, having worked with over a thousand companies now in the last 10 years. Yeah. And Dan's had an influence in all thousand companies. All those. In the tens of thousands of people that have, that have used WildSpark now, Dan has had an impact and, and doesn't even know it. Yeah. Which Hopefully he knows it now. Hopefully he'll hear this podcast and he'll hear, Dan, thank you. Seriously, I hope you hear and listen to this. And, and once again, I, I told you, I think two years ago at Next, thank you for the influence you've had in my life. What a testament to faithfulness and just being faithful in every interaction, every conversation that you have, because you never know what it can lead to. And obviously that conversation with Dan has led to so much impact through our businesses and Wild Spark and Fire Seeds. It was really cool to see right that conversation be part of the catalyst that started Wild Spark and Fire Seeds and then to yeah. come back years later and get to work side by side alongside of so many different Chick-fil-A owners and operators. And yeah, for, for three or four years, we didn't even work with Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Uh, and then we got called in one day and said, hey, we need, we need an outside firm to help with leader development. Yeah. And wow, WildSpark was just getting up and running about that time. We said, well, we've got an answer. And that, that kind of started the relationship with Chick-fil-A and, and, and the corporate kind of endorsement of WildSpark. And uh, we've just been so thankful for that. Extremely thankful. Chick-fil-A operators are my favorite people to work with just because they get this. They, they yep. have this vision um, and they're reproducing it now into communities and teams and young leaders. Um, and it's just so exciting to get to be a part of. You mentioned something earlier in Truett getting to do the boardroom to family room 
all in one, right? He was he was he was knocking out two birds with one stone. That's right. That's right. Um, but we hold firm to that principle of a, a boardroom to family room mentality. So for the listeners who haven't heard this phrase before, boardroom to family room, unpack what exactly you mean by boardroom to family room cord, and then we're gonna dive into some practical application of how we do that. Right. Um, yeah, one, one of my favorite principles that we've stumbled upon and kind of coined boardroom to family room, a lot of times where our conversation starts with how can we help you? Um, how can we add value? And of course, we do recruiting and leader development, and that's what we do. But um, at the end of the day, I'm selling the opportunity to leave a legacy. And for those of us that are in business, whether you own a business or you are a director of a team in a business, you're going to spend the majority of your life, like do the math, the waking hours that you're going to spend at work, we call it the 80,000 hours, are more than you're gonna spend in any other domain in your life. Mm-hmm. It just made sense to me, I'm a pretty simple guy. Like it makes sense that if I've got a calling in my life to have an impact, and that impact is supposed to be in, in the lives of people, and then we've got this formula that's simply, let me be productive, and let me multiply into others, and then let me launch them out to multiply into other people. It makes sense that I would do that and, and use that and leverage that strategy at work. Mm-hmm because that's where I'm gonna spend the most of my time. And, and that's probably where I have been gifted the most and where I'm gonna have the most influence. Whether Again, whether I'm the CEO or whether I lead a team, I have influence over that team that nobody else has. Yeah. So here's the deal. If we can leverage that time in the business world in an effective way that A, helps the business, and then B, helps someone grow in such a way as the greatest value you add to them is how they're different in their family room. And wow, like we can have and leave our legacy at work. And if we, if we structure and think, just, just tweak the way we think about things, I'm gonna train and teach and develop and pour into my people and help make them a better person at work. Well, that usually involves them growing in the influential leadership skills that are all the soft skills of their life But guess where those people, if they activate those skills, will have the greatest impact and the greatest influence in their life? It's with their families. And if we not only believe that and not only start thinking intentionally about that, but our people uh, begin to believe that about us, Mm -hmm. that we really Mm -hmm. wanna help them hit their home runs where it matters most to them and that's in their family room, and more than just, hey, I want you to hit your annual goals because that'll help you provide for your family, big deal. All of you employers out there, you CEOs, you, you that employ people, a big deal. You're helping them provide for their family. That is not a small thing. Yeah. But could we also leverage the time that we have and simply invest in their holistic growth as a leader so they can take all those skills home with them yeah. and be a better wife, a better husband, a better mom, a better dad, a better brother, a better sister, yeah. and they feel the value there. To the degree that people believe that that's what you're doing, I believe is the degree that they're going to be loyal to you, run through brick walls for you, and stay with you for a long, long time. And I know Chick-fil-A gets that because I don't know what the percentage is now. I haven't gotten the latest, but I believe at one time it was around 97% retention. Mm. You you, you move there, you get onboarded there, and you're probably going to die there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so well done again, uh, all of our Chick-fil-A friends, and uh, for, for living that out. Yeah. Well, I can, I can speak from experience and being underneath your leadership that when I feel that genuine level of care where, where you care for me beyond just what I can produce at Wildspark 
and the numbers that I generate, but you care about who I am as a husband and as a father to my two little kids, it makes me that much more fired up about the opportunity to work at WildSpark and to make an impact uh, with the work that we are doing. And so I think that that is, an a everything about what you just said is absolutely true. And I think the businesses that get this are the ones that are succeeding at a really high level. That's right. Point and example is Chick-fil-A and being a 13 billion, I don't know what they're yep. at now, something incredible. Yeah, just do the math, like do the business case study on why when you, when you, when you infuse these principles in your organization, it works. I mean, the old Drucker, Drucker quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I would tweak that just a little bit. I would say intentional, purpose-driven culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah. I left a company this week that, no, their culture is eating them for breakfast right now. <laughs> it's the um, way but, uh, but yeah, so in purpose-driven, intentional culture, intentional purpose-driven, either way you want to get those aligned, you have to do two things. You have to be on purpose, you have to be intentional. If, you're, if, if that's how you're thinking about your culture, it's going to drive your business. And the case study for the numbers that Chick-fil-A restaurants do and what they did back in 2010 and what they're doing now, if you just see the growth, yeah. is, is, is mind-blowing. Yeah. Economists don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So I love, I love the culture story, but I love to come in and when I talk about Chick-fil-A and say, hey, let's just look at some of the math, guys. Because <laughs> all this is happening and it's blowing economists', economists mind. Yeah. And oh yeah, by the way, they're off 52 days out of the year too. Yeah. Uh, compared to anybody else in there, more than anybody industry. else in the QSR industry. So this stuff works. Yeah, if you don't get it at a heart level, strictly from a numbers perspective, could build a big enough case for you to for you to do that. Yeah. I hope that everybody is genuinely passionate about that. Well, it's hard to fake caring about people. It is, you know, and so you should do it for the wrong motive. Motive, it'll probably backfire on you too. But you're right; it's not just fluff. Yeah, I know that you've joked around about this boardroom to family room mentality and how. Sometimes it's a little bit easier in the boardroom than it is with all your kiddos running around and not necessarily always doing exactly what you yeah. have to do. People ask me, well, wow, you, you do this so well at work. I mean, I can't ima imagine what your family's like. And I'm like, well, time out. I said, it is 10 times easier at work than it is at home. Everybody here, Fire Seeds, Wild Spark, they pretty much do what I say, right? <laughs> I'm the CEO. We have to. For some reason, that doesn't that this doesn't naturally apply at home, <laughs> and I I, I, I I maybe I haven't figured out why yet. But um, they don't always do what I say. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, if we can practice at work, it makes me better at home. Yeah. Right. If I'm learning how to do conflict really well at work, you know, I'm getting reps at work. Yeah. And then it matters most at home. It matters at work too, of course, but. That's what I say, boardroom the family room, get your reps at work and then be intentional to apply those reps at home. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm talking to me, like this is for me to hear Cord, who's trying to grow and being more a gentler dad yeah. and a more patient dad and a dad that is dealing with conflict yeah. with their kids in a really amicable way that values them and doesn't strong arm them, right? I mean, I'm, I'm right there with everybody out there that struggles with that. Yeah. But let's just get our reps at work. Well, it's just like anything else. The more that you practice, the better that you get at it. You don't get better by osmosis. And so the more opportunities you have to be able to do that, the better that you're going to be on the home front and in your community when these things come up in other areas of life. So yes. I'd agree. All right. Lastly, culture is, is not just a buzzword for us. It's a, 
it, it's something that we're very intentional about. We're very serious about the culture that we're growing and developing every single day that we show up to work. And so I want to break down systematically what that looks like for us and then what that's led to as a result. So I know that we're very intentional with things like we're going to focus on the priority, which is every Monday we come together the first 45 minutes of the week, we're going to give it to God. We're going to spend in devotion and communion and prayer with each other, focusing on what's most important, but we're also going to connect with each other. We're going to take time away every three months to recenter and refocus on the vision, mission, and values to make sure that we don't lose sight of what we're doing this for. And that's to glorify God by building multiplying movements and multiplying leaders. And then we celebrate the team extremely well. We go through affirmation times, and we've got a Christmas party coming up next week, which is a highlight of the year for the entire office because you don't hold back. You, you go all out when it comes to making the team feel valued and creating opportunities to invite in spouses and do boardroom to family room as much as we possibly can. So unpack those things a little bit for me. And then I'd love to hear kind of what that's led to with the generational impact that you've seen, being able to reproduce ambassadors of, of the vision and allowing people to take ownership and carry that on beyond just you? Yeah, at the end of the day, you have to reproduce the vision, mission, and values through your, your people. They have to get it. They have to be the ones to, uh, to be speaking that into others. And so I'd say culture is sometimes informal, sometimes formal. It's always intentional. Like we, we wanna always be intentional about our culture. And that means a lot of times we just kind of let formal uh, culture always fall into the informal. It's just going to happen. We're just going to let it let it be. I mean, every company has a culture. It really just comes down to are you being intentional about your culture? And if you are, you need to build some formality into culture. Like you need to build, and the best way to build formality into culture is to build it into your cadence, mm -hmm. into your weekly cadence, your monthly cadence, your quarterly cadence, and then annually. What are the things that you do intentionally to grow and enhance your culture. And so you mentioned a few of those. Every Monday morning, it is a sacred cow. We will commune and connect every Monday morning. Uh, something we've done for 10 years and we've never not done that. Yep. Uh, we will always, always meet once a quarter offsite. We will leave the building and we will go offsite. Both companies go and uh, we, we do a vision, mission, and values day. Super important. They will hear from me for half of that day I mean, it's a half day, so for three hours, it's you're gonna or two hours, you're gonna hear from me, and I'm gonna reshare the vision for an hour. The other hour, we're gonna affirm everybody and the values we see them living out, and they're gonna speak into everybody's heart. Where, where do I see this true about you? Where do I see this playing out and and indicating a truth about who you are? It is by far one of the favorite things we do. Yes, um, you would agree. Yes, right? one of the favorites. Um, Part of our culture too is, is we business excellence is a big deal. Like we will go and we will spend a whole day offsite with each company, then working on looking back on the quarter, setting new goals for this quarter, all the areas of improvement that we want to make. Uh, it, it's it's formalizing. We have annually we look and we say, hey, we're going to have a a Christmas party that's coming up every year, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to. It's something we all look forward to. We have a lake day in the summer that yeah. we always do. We have. You know, around Thanksgiving, our soup day. I mean, so we, we put that into our culture because guess what? If you don't formally cadence it in, business right. gets really busy, yeah. especially when you're growing. And that's what will go first. Yep. Yeah, the, the urgent, the tyranny of the urgent is a, is a very real yep. thing. And the business, the technical operational side of the business is always going to feel more urgent yep. than that people side of things. And so 
I love that we've hold firm to this to this cadence that regardless of how busy we feel and, and I've been guilty of this sometimes we're stepping away we're stepping outside of the office you know, to, do, to do VMV but my schedule is slammed every day that week and I feel like man I just need an extra day to be able to focus on the business but every time I step away I, I never regret it I never regret getting to recenter and refocus on that vision mission and values and to build on what you're saying about our time of affirmations Nick Westbrook mentioned this in his episode but how he will intentionally set aside time when somebody builds the perfect chicken sandwich or when he's at home when they do birthdays and I know you do that too or we're going to say something about somebody and say that it's true but we do that with our core values and what you celebrate gets reproduced so what's crazy is we have we have an hour a protected hour because I think if you don't protect that hour it may happen some organically but it's not going to happen at the same level where we just protect this space where everybody gets an opportunity to say hey here's how I saw so and so so and so and so and so living out these core values of relationships and joy and enthusiasm and all these other things uh, that we value at a high level. So I think clarifying those things is one thing, but then talking about them regularly is a whole nother thing that's right. That's going to take them to the next level. Yeah. You need both. The yeah. formality of doing it every quarter, you start hearing more people do it in the middle of the quarter, yeah. right? Every week, and we, we, we see people start to have those conversations within the week. Well, I know that the cadence of it allows that reproduction to happen right a lot more easily it allows the multiplication to happen it allows people to take more levels of ownership to where now what's really cool in our business is we're seeing three four five generations of impact happening where you've got somebody that you personally poured into that poured into somebody else who's pouring into somebody else who's pouring into a college intern that's right and so um, man this is when it starts getting really really exciting cord's famous for this infamous for this but walking by when there's a training happening taking a picture of it because that multi-generational impact is one of the things that gets you most fired up. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if, if you're new here, you, you need to put that in the kind of the entry orientation that if your CEO is taking a picture of you and you don't know it and you're, you're you know, it, there's a reason, right? <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, it, it's such, it's such a big deal for me and I want to capture those moments. A, because I want to see them again over and over again to remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, but then I want to show them to that individual. And I want to come in and I want to say, look, you're doing it. Do you realize? And this happened, this happened just recently. We did, uh, we have interns every year. And so we, we have a big deal uh, middle of the, of the internship where we're giving them an evaluation midway through to let them know where we see them growing. And, um, and then we have them do an evaluation on us. So we know how the experience is going and areas we can improve, areas that that leader that's leading the intern. So we, I want everybody to have the opportunity to lead in this organization at some point, even if that's just leading an intern. And that's usually the first person you get to lead is you're going to lead an intern before you're going to lead a full-time team member. And so this is, uh, so this was with Meg and Meg was up and we were doing our, our evaluation and I've asked both of them if I could share this, this is fine. So Meg and Jacob and Jacob was at the mid midway point of his evaluation. And, and I got to watch and in the middle of the evaluation, I'm just hearing Jacob, uh, this intern talk about Meg's influence in his life over the last three months. And, and for him to say, you know, Fire Seeds is a company culture that champions each other to be the person Christ has called us to be. So I'm reading off of his, his evaluation right now. And he said, I think one of the greatest joys of my internship is seeing the opportunity, is having the opportunity to work alongside Meg and being under such a great leader that's truly helping me grow in my personal, in the personal areas of my life, even outside of my internship responsibilities. And it's just like it hit me in that moment again. It's like, oh my gosh, 
I'm watching fifth generation impact because I led Matt Hurd that led Whitney, uh, that led Meg, and now I'm watching Meg say some of the things that I even said to Matt five generations ago, four or five, six years ago that are being reproduced. And so I have, of course, I had to take a picture, right? <laughs> so stop right there. I took a picture and we continued. But man, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what fuels me. And I see it happening and I know there's exponential growth attached to this equation. Yeah. If we keep doing it, guess what? It's gonna keep growing. Yeah. And multiplication always beats addition. It does. So. Well, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. I think you may be dead if that, if that doesn't get you really excited. I love that you shared that specific example about Meg and about Jacob, two dynamic leaders on our team. And to see that be reproduced is incredibly cool. We're wrapping up here and, and that brings it back full circle, right? It's, it's that whole calling to be fruitful, to multiply and to fill the earth. Any last thoughts for the audience right now? Anything, you know, that one thing that you want everybody to walk away from the conversation with today, uh, feel free to, to share a little bit and then we'll wrap this thing up. You know, a lot of times we talk about culture and again, it gets, it gets put in the soft category. I really believe this is the greatest way to exponentially increase your bottom line. Grow your business, add profitability to the bottom line, add money to your pocket. We don't do it for that necessarily as the only goal, but we are all here to be stewards at work. And usually that means being productive and being more productive every year. Don't hear me say that, oh, just invest in all this culture stuff because you're going to feel good about yourself. I really believe it will radically grow your organization and the bottom line will continue to increase. And as you grow in scale, guess what you have ready? You have leaders ready, ready to then fill all those positions that other companies, when they aren't building this talent factory inside, will not have. It will be your greatest edge. It will be your greatest advantage. It will not happen overnight. But if you invest in multiplying leaders that will multiply other leaders, you will create leaders that are ready to grow and scale and you will pass them exponentially. So I'll land the plane there. Yeah, man. I'll land Move Force One right there. Great, great place to land the plane. That's all we got for you, everybody. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today, Cord. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Keep doing it. Secret Sauce Nation, Cord said it best, we're all here to be stewards. And the best way to grow what has been entrusted to us is to invest in people. How do we do that? Number one, we reflect on our own lives and the way that we've been uniquely designed to best lead ourselves. Then we seek to know and understand others so that we can best lead them. Number two, we follow the model that was laid out for us in Genesis 128 and do what we have been hardwired to do. We will live our most fulfilling lives when we empower others and multiply. Lastly, number three, we take a holistic approach to our relationships at work and at home, a boardroom to family room mentality, hitting a home run where it matters most, and that's with our families. If you really enjoyed the content today, please go share it with some friends, spread the good word. If you want a strategy to help execute what Cord just talked about with your team, hop on over to the Wildspark or Fireseeds websites. That's W-I-L-D-S-P-A-R-Q.com and F-I-R-E-S-E-E-D-S.com, Wildspark and Fireseeds. We're also super active on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you there. 
Stay saucy. We'll see you next time. Yeah.